earth, water, wind, fire, heart. This is Earth Hour. This is World Without End. Good afternoon, friends, ladies, and gentlemen. This is World Without End news, views, and interviews about our environment. It is Thursday, the 10th of October, 2019, and these are the headlines. In local news, an environment lawyer has gone to the Court of Appeals to stop the cutting of roadside trees. Cebu City has planted 10,000 seedlings. A counselor has called on Cebu City officials to cut back on single-use plastics. Cebu City has collected half a million pesos in fines from waste disposal violators. In national news, Peugeot has gone green with the Protectors of the Environment program. In Manila, an eco-group says biodegradable plastics might not be environment-friendly. Also in Manila, a nuclear power bid has been slammed by environment and energy groups. The former Secretary of the Environment says a global effort is needed to save migratory birds. In international news, an interior official in the United States denied there is an ozone hole. In Alaska, tribes and environment groups sued to stop mine in Alaskan salmon spawning areas. Elsewhere, you can feel good now about ditching your Lego bricks thanks to a new program. In Germany, a brewery has started an eco-friendly beer trend. And those are the headlines. These are the stories. Environment lawyer Benjamin Cabrido has asked the appellate court in Cebu City to order the stoppage of the cutting of roadside trees in Cebu, according to Cebu Daily News. The paper reports that Cabrido the paper reports that Cabrido filed before the Court of Appeals in Cebu City on October 3 a petition for the issuance of a writ of Kalikasan or a temporary environmental protection order against the cutting of roadside trees for road widening projects. Named respondents in the petition are the Secretaries of the Department of Environment and Natural Resources and the Department of Public Works and Highways. Last September 9, half a century old mahogany trees on Barangay Capital site that grow in the middle of Don Hill Garcia Street were cut by personnel from the Department of Public Works and Highways in Central Visayas. The cutting was pursuant to the tree cutting permit issued by the Community Environment Natural Resource Office in Cebu City. Cabrido said, with the ongoing wholesale removal of this special class of trees, the constitutional and statutory right of the inhabitants of the cities of Cebu, Talisay, Naga, and Karkar in the island of Cebu and the inhabitants of all other cities and towns similarly situated in the Philippines are imminently and gravely threatened. More from this news will be found on Cebu Daily News 
inquirer.net. Cebu City has planted 10,000 seedlings. The Cebu City government, with the help of volunteers, planted 10,000 seedlings at the South Road properties. They also planted seedlings along the river in Barangay Sapangdaku and in the upland area of Barangay Taptap on Saturday, October 5, 2019. Mayor Edgardo Labella, Cebu City Mayor, said the program is ambitious, but he is determined to achieve his mission to have a green Cebu City before his term ends in 2020. In his Cebu City Green project, Labella aims to plant 3 million trees in the next three years. Labella said, we need to start this off for our future, for the next generation, for them to realize that the past generation has done something for them. Labella is forming a task force. This task force is called the Cebu City Stewards that will be composed of coastal patrol, river patrol, and forest rangers to make sure the seedlings will survive, among others. This according to the report from Sunstar Cebu. The paper says the Coastal Patrol will also coordinate with the Cebu City Bantay Dagat Commission to protect marine life. The River Patrol will be in charge of monitoring the city's major waterways while the forest rangers will oversee and monitor upland areas to see to it that forest programs and laws are implemented. A Cebu City councillor has called on officials to cut back on single-use plastics. The move to cut back on single-use and disposable plastics has reached Cebu City Hall, Cebu Daily News reports. In a privileged speech during the Cebu City Council's regular session on Tuesday, City Councilor Alvin Dizon urged city officials to stop patronizing single-use plastic products and ban them from all public activities conducted by the city government. Dizon said the city government has to serve as a model to its constituents if it is seriously committed to significantly decrease the production of plastic waste. In his speech, Dizon noted that 32% of the waste collected in Cebu City is composed of plastic waste, which takes millions of years to decompose. He emphasized that plastic waste is one of the major culprits of clogged drainage systems and polluted rivers which led to flooding in the downstream areas of the city. Dizon said the city should treat the plastic problem of the city as urgent and implement measures to cut back on the utilization of single-use plastic products. As part of his legislative move, the councillor distributed water tumblers to the members of the Cebu City Council and urged his fellow councillors to stop bringing in water plat. Eh. As part of his legislative move, Dizon distributed water tumblers to the members of the City Council and urged fellow officials to stop bringing water in plastic bottles inside the session hall. Dizon said, for this August body to institutionalize the practice of plastic-free caucuses and sessions, we begin today with our tumblers. Let us commit to use them. Also in Cebu City, half a million pesos have been collected in fines from those who violate the Waste Disposal Ordinance. The Cebu City Environment and Natural Resources Office has collected at least 500,000 pesos in fines or penalties from city residents and establishments caught violating the city's anti-littering ordinance. 
Lawyer John Gigo Dakwa Senro Head said the fines, ranging from 1,000 pesos to 50,000 pesos, were collected in only three months, or since Mayor Edgardo Labella's administration took over in July 2019. More than 500 individuals and establishments were reprimanded, issued citation tickets, and fined for throwing garbage into the river, releasing wastewater directly into the river without treatment, and for disposing garbage into the wrong places. At least four barangays had been cited as well for violating environmental laws, Cebu Daily News reports. Mainly, the violations were failure to apprehend or warn residents along riverbanks who are polluting the water. Among the barangays cited was Barangay Zapatera, following the viral photos of the village's alleged illegal trash transfer station located just beside its barangay hall. That's the local environment so news world without and we'll be right back after these reminders. Next to air, water is the most important element for the preservation of life. Water is a finite commodity which, if not managed properly, will result in shortages in the near future. Water conservation can go a long way to help alleviate these impending shortages. Check your toilet for leaks. Stop using your toilet as an ashtray or wastebasket. Take shorter showers. Install water-saving shower heads or flow restrictors. Take baths. Turn off the water while brushing your teeth. Turn off the water while shaving. Check faucets and pipes for leaks. Use your automatic dishwasher for full loads only. Use your automatic washing machine only for full loads. Don't let the faucet run while you clean vegetables. Keep a bottle of drinking water in the refrigerator. If you wash dishes by hand, don't leave the water running for rinsing. Check faucets and pipes for leaks. Water your lawn only when it's needed. This message is brought to you by Volusia County, Florida, here on DYUP Subo, Kauban Nimo. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. DYUP Subo, Kauban Earth, water, wind, fire, heart. This is Earth Hour. This is World Without End. We're back on World Without End and this is the national news. A car company has gone green with a program for protecting the environment. Peugeot Philippines has recently launched its Protectors of the Environment program. The program aims to combat climate change together with the brand's customers and their respective families. Instead of making electric technologies available to the public, the brand has chosen to work together with both the public and private sectors to raise awareness and spread information regarding climate change. In a story written on Peugeot's website, Leandre Grecia says the French Embassy, Department of Environment and Natural Resources, and Bricketers Association of the Philippines will aid Peugeot Philippines in this endeavor. 
the car maker will host educational nature tours and seminars across the country. Through Protectors of the Environment, new Peugeot owners will be given the chance to volunteer in tree planting activities in selected communities and public lands reclaimed by local government units. They will also plant in Peugeot Philippines' own one-hectare space at the Angat Dam Reserve and Echo Park. There will also be educational nature tours and seminars held across the country in partnership with various government and non-profit organizations. Peugeot customers will also be given the opportunity to participate in international fora on climate change. POE Program Director Dong Magsao explained, part of being a successful mobility company is making sure that sustainability is part of our policy. With the Protectors of the Environment program, we are taking a vital step forward in this direction. In Manila, a green group is questioning the environment-friendly status of biodegradable plastics. From recyclable bioplastics to plastics made from plants, new packaging solutions have been promoted by companies amid a new generation of customers concerned about sustainability. But are bio-based, biodegradable, or compostable plastics better? Not really, according to Greenpeace, as cited in a news report by ABS-CBN. In its latest report, titled Throwing Away the Future, How Companies Still Have It Wrong on Plastic Pollution Solutions, Greenpeace said, There are several ways companies have claimed to address the plastic waste problem, which includes 164 million sachets being used and thrown away daily in the Philippines. Abigail Aguilar, Greenpeace Southeast Asia Regional Campaign Coordinator, said, it's time to declare peak plastic. Aguilar said companies were poised to increase the production of plastic despite its known and potential impacts to human health at every point in its life cycle. The third six-page report of Greenpeace discussed different solutions put forth by fast-moving consumer goods companies and how they were not always environment-friendly. Among these solutions is the move towards paper packaging. Aguilar said the preference for paper packaging would only negatively affect forests. She said it's transferring one problem to another. Material substitution is not a solution. Bo Bakongis, Bo Bakongis Asia-Pacific coordinator of Break Free from Plastics said, paper packaging contributes to the issue of deforestation at a time when we really need to keep forests intact because of climate change. She also said that some paper packages require plastic liners which may cause contamination from the chemicals that would be leaching into the food. Energy groups have slammed a nuclear power bid. Environment and energy groups called on President Rodrigo Duterte not to be distracted by nuclear energy from the path towards renewable energy that they described as clean, safe, and abundant in the country. Jerry Aranses, Executive Director of Center for Energy, Ecology, and Development said, it's really mind-boggling that the Philippine government does not focus on renewable energy despite all the studies they have actually done. 
Aransas was responding to the government's bid to tap into nuclear energy for its power supply needs after Energy Secretary Alfonso Cusi signed a memorandum of intent with Russia's state nuclear company Rosatom Overseas during President Duterte's official visit to Russia last week. Aranza said, we have vast potentials in renewable energy for wind, solar, hydropower, and geothermal. The memorandum is a diversion. Malacanang, meanwhile, defended as a justified necessity in times of crisis the procurement of a C-295 military transport aircraft and Gulfstream G-280 business jet from the United States. The story was brought to you by the Philippine Daily Inquirer on Inquirer. In Bacolod City, the former Environment Secretary says there is a global effort needed to save migratory birds. Environment Secretary Roy Simatu called for a global effort to save migratory birds that are at risk of extinction following the loss of habitat in their flight path and the changing climate. His speech was delivered by Undersecretary Jim Sampulna of the Department of Environment and Natural Resources during the opening of the Second East Asian Australasian Flyway Congress at Le Fisher Hotel on Tuesday, October 8. The convention, which will run until October 11, says Rappler, will tackle the effects of climate change to wetlands and migratory waterbirds and to come up with management strategies to save the wetland habitat for a sustainable future. The conference is participated in by around 200 delegates from different countries, such as Russia, India, Bangladesh, Malaysia, United States of America, Cambodia, Japan, and Pakistan. Simatu said, while migratory waterbirds endure strong winds, harsh weather, and numerous predators to fly thousands of miles, we believe that it is just imperative that we also come together as one body for a flyway-wide collaboration. Turning now to world news, in the United States, CNN reports that a senior interior official has denied there was an ozone hole. The acting director of the federal agency responsible for managing one in every 10 acres of land in the United States has repeatedly denied the existence of climate change and falsely claimed in a 1990 speech that there was no credible evidence of a hole in the ozone layer. William Perry Penley was appointed by Interior Secretary David Bernhardt as the acting director of the Department of Interior's Bureau of Land Management in July 2019. Prior to this appointment, Penley was a conservative activist, commentator, lawyer, and served as longtime president of the conservative Mountain States Legal Foundation. Penley said in a 1992 speech to the Heritage Foundation that despite the total absence of credible scientific evidence, the media is convinced and is attempting to convince us that we have global warming, an ozone hole, and acid rain, and that it is all man's fault. In other comments uncovered during a CNNK file review of his social media activity, writings, and public appearances, Penley cited an anti-Muslim figure to claim Islam was at war with the United States, compared undocumented migrants to cancer, and blamed them for diseases. In Washington, 
CNN reports that five native business and environmental organizations sued the Environmental Protection Agency on Tuesday. The case was filed over a proposed controversial Alaska gold and copper mine that the Trump administration has backed after it reversed an Obama-era decision that stopped the project due to environmental concerns. On Tuesday, the five groups representing 31 tribes and tribal governments as well as the Seafood Development Association and hundreds of commercial fishing interests all sued the agency in federal court in Anchorage, Alaska over the administration's lifting of the Obama EPA 2014 Clean Water Act protections. The Trump administration in late July lifted Obama's roadblock on the massive proposed pebble mine, allowing the project to largely move forward towards the permitting process. The area the mine is proposed in Bristol Bay is a sensitive and pristine watershed that is home to one of the world's last and largest wild salmon spawning areas. The area nurtures a vast quantity of salmon fished and consumed in the world. The same area sustains millions of fishermen and native populations across the Northwest. The Obama Environmental Protection Agency spent years studying the proposed mining project, then took the unusual decision to essentially stop it before it could apply for a permit. The EPA, in a 2014 report, wrote that the mine's discharge dredge into the area's streams and watershed would result in complete loss of fish habitat. The report added that the mine waste would significantly impair the fish habitat functions of other streams, wetlands, and aquatic resources. All of these losses would be irreversible. Lego, according to CNN, has just come up with a way that you never have to step on another brick from Lego in your home again. And you can feel good about ditching the toy pieces. The Lego group announced in a pilot program Tuesday that it lets you send used pieces to be donated to children's nonprofits in the United States. Gather the Lego bricks, sets, or elements that you want to part with, put them in a cardboard box, and print out a free shipping label from the LEGO Replay website. At the Give Back Box facility, they will be sorted, inspected, and cleaned. Tim Brooks, Vice President of Environmental Responsibility at the LEGO Group, said in a Tuesday news release, We know people don't throw away their LEGO bricks. The vast majority hand them down to their children and grandchildren. But others have asked us for a safe way to dispose of or to donate their bricks. With Replay, they have an easy option that's both sustainable and socially impactful. Legal Replay is a collaboration with Give Back Box, Teach for America, and Boys and Girls Clubs of Boston. The groups later connected with Give Back Box, a charity that recycles 11 million tons of unused clothing, footwear, and other textiles that end up in landfills each year, the news release said. In Germany, CNN Business reports that a 500-year-old German brewery has started an eco-friendly beer trend. A 500-year-old brewery in Bavaria, Germany has become an unlikely leader in the eco-friendly beer-making movement. 
The Hoffnull Brewery, founded by Catholic bishops in 1492, has reduced its carbon footprint by 40% over the past two decades through solar panels and efficient water filtration while making use of excess grains. Championed by Chancellor Angela Merkel, Germany's energy wende, or renewable energy transition, encourages businesses to go green by offering tax credits, subsidies, and favorable loans, benefits that are increasing number of the country's 1,300 breweries are taking up. Johannes Jung, Huffmull's plant manager and brewmaster, told CNN Business that most of the breweries are small or middle-sized and most of the decisions come from owners. They have a view of belonging to the future. Many German breweries have taken the environmental initiative because they don't have the pressures of publicly listed companies and are able to plan for the long term. And that's Global News on World Without End. We will be right back after these special reminders. How to Prevent Soil Erosion Erosion is the loss of soil. As soil erodes, it loses nutrients, clogs rivers with dirt, and eventually turns the area into a desert. Although erosion happens naturally, human activities can make it much worse. How do we prevent soil erosion? First, plant grass and shrubs. Second, add mulch or rocks. Third, Use mulch matting to hold vegetation on slopes. Fourth, put down filed fiber logs. Fifth, build retaining walls. Sixth, improve drainage. Seven, reduce watering if possible. Eighth, avoid soil compaction. This message is brought to you by Andrew Carberry on Wikihow together with DYUP Subbo Kaubanimo. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. DYUP Subbo Kaubanimo. Earth, water, wind, fire, heart. This is Earth Hour. This is World Without End. And we're back on World Without End. News, views, and reviews about our environment. Or that's news, views, and interviews about our environment. I'm Jason Bagia with Vanessa Fehe and Raya Hapson as well as Desel Suarez here in the UP Radio studio. This is a UP Radio Kauban Nimu with you. For our environment philosophy segment this week, we're gonna read some of the speech or parts of the speech that uh, Greta Thunberg delivered to members of parliament at uh, the United Kingdom back in April. So here's her speech. My name is Greta Thunberg. My name is Greta Thunberg. 
I am 16 years old. I come from Sweden, and I speak on behalf of future generations. I know many of you don't want to listen to us. You say we are just children, but we're only repeating the message of the United Climate Science. Many of you appear concerned that we are wasting valuable lesson time, but I assure you we will go back to school the moment you start listening to science and give us a future. Is that really too much to ask? In the year 2030, I will be 26 years old. My little sister Beata will be 23, just like many of your own children or grandchildren. That is a great age, we have been told, when you have all of your life ahead of you. But I am not so sure it will be that great for us. I was fortunate to be born in a time and place where everyone told us to dream big. I could become whatever I wanted to. I could live wherever I wanted to. People like me had everything we needed and more. Things our grandparents could not even dream of. We had everything we could ever wish for and yet now we may have nothing. Now we probably don't even have a future anymore. Because that future was sold so that a small number of people could make unimaginable amounts of money. It was stolen from us every time you said that the sky was the limit and that you only live once. You lied to us. You gave us false hope. You told us that the future was something to look forward to. And the saddest thing is that most children are not even aware of the fate that awaits us. We will not understand it until it is too late. And yet, we are the lucky ones. Those who will be affected the hardest are already suffering the consequences, but their voices are not heard. Is my microphone on? Can you hear? Around the year 2030, 10 years, 252 days, and 10 hours away from now, we will be in a position where we set off an irreversible chain reaction beyond human control that will most likely lead to the end of our civilization as we know it. That is unless in that time, permanent and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society have taken place, including a reduction of carbon dioxide emissions by at least 50%. And please note, these calculations are depending on inventions that have not yet been invented at scale, inventions that are supposed to clear the atmosphere of astronomical amounts of carbon dioxide. Furthermore, these calculations do not include unforeseen tipping points and feedback loops like the extremely powerful methane gas escaping from rapidly falling Arctic permafrost. Nor do these calculations include already locked and warming hidden by toxic air pollution, nor the aspect of equity or climate justice clearly stated throughout the Paris Agreement which is absolutely necessary to make it work on a global scale. We must also bear in mind that these are just calculations, estimations. That means that these points of no return may occur a bit sooner or later than 2030. No one can know for sure. We can, however, be certain that they will occur approximately in these time frames because these calculations are not opinions or wild guesses. These projections are backed up by scientific facts concluded by all nations through the International Panel on Climate Change, 
nearly every single major national scientific body around the world unreservedly supports the work and findings of the IPCC. Did you hear what I just said? Is my English okay? Traveled around Is the microphone Europe hundreds of hours in trains, electric cars and buses, repeating these life-changing words over and over again. But no one seems to be talking about it, and nothing has changed. In fact, the emissions are still rising. If you want to read the rest of the speech, you can find it on theguardian.com. A speech given by the child environment activist Greta Thunberg to the parliament at the United Kingdom. This is World Without End, news, views, and reviews, or interviews, about our environment. And we will be back after these reminders. So how do you save water? There are many ways. Next to air, water is the most important element for the preservation of life. Water is a finite commodity which, if not managed properly, will result in shortages in the near future. Water conservation can go a long way to help alleviate these impending shortages. Check your toilet for leaks. Stop using your toilet as an ashtray or wastebasket. Take shorter showers. Install water-saving shower heads or flow restrictors. Take baths. Turn off the water while brushing your teeth. Turn off the water while shaving. Check faucets and pipes for leaks. Use your automatic dishwasher for full loads only. Use your automatic washing machine only for full loads. Don't let the faucet run while you clean vegetables. Keep a bottle of drinking water in the refrigerator. If you wash dishes by hand, don't leave the water running for rinsing. Check faucets and pipes for leaks. Water your lawn only when it's needed. This message is brought to you by Volusia County, Florida, here on DYUP Subo, Kauban Nimo. Earth, water, wind, fire, heart. This is Earth Hour. This is World Without End. And we're back on World Without End. News, views, and interviews about our environment. With us this evening is our usual mainstay, Desel Des. Hi. And also with us today is uh, Densibel Montinola from which school? University of San Carlos. From the University of San Carlos. And which program? Um, applied physics. Applied physics. But tonight, we're going to talk about something that we're all concerned about, and that is plastics and smaller plastic particles, which we call microplastics. Dancy has been in the news lately because he invented a method f- to find a substitute for plastics, which are soluble in water. So we're going to learn more about that. But first off, first off let's ask Dancy... Uh, what got you into research about plastics? Um, actually, um, 
Muraglos and found siya na story. Okay. <laughs> so I first started with cancer research mm-hmm. and then afterwards like napuno na ako sa cancer research so I shifted to polymer science na field. Okay. What exactly are polymers? Uh polymers are just long chains of molecules. Okay. So that's uh siya ang gitawag na polymers. So or, when you create a lot of polymers, then you can create a lot of stuff including plastics. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh would that mean that people like me and Des can also be made of polymers? C- can polymers be both synthetic and uh organic? Yes. Okay. Our collagen is a I know a series of molecules. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> how do how how do your molecules feel tonight, Des? Um, honored. <laughs> <laughs> right, honored. Um, yeah, honored to be in UP, where we value honor and excellence. Honored to be in the presence of Mr. Densibel. <laughs> of course, who's garnered actually global media coverage because of his discoveries. So, when did you begin, um, and, and who was supervising you in? conducting research about uh, polymers. So I have two advisors back in my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. It's Miss Arlene Roque, which is a student, PhD student, and Dr. Robel Bakabak, which is the head or the leader of the medical biophysics lab. Mm-hmm. So I have two advisors that time. Mm-hmm. And then they helped me in creating my dissertation, mm-hmm. which is a pure Uh, pure science research, mm-hmm. not an applied science, which, mm-hmm. which kada ng compared sa kung gihimo karuna applied science manasyon research. Mm-hmm. Okay, but just to let our our um, listeners know what what uh, is the difference between applied and pure science. Ah, uh, pure science is um, not directly creating things out of it. So mm-hmm. that's a pure science. Mm-hmm. So for applied science is you're creating something out of it immediately using scientific method. All right. So that roughly translates to if I'm going to theorize about, let's say, the rightness or wrongness of something, then that can belong to pure science. But yes. if I'm going to do some decision based on what I've been thinking about, then that's applied. Yes. All right. Um, so why the shift from something theoretical or something pure to something more applied? Uh, actually, um, my bioplastic is an extension of my pure science research. Okay, so it was kind of like uh, it, it was something. It it was something waiting for you down the road. Yes, because you started something along this yes. line. Okay, so let's just just to backtrack a little. <laughs> What's the problem with plastics? Well, Des, what do you think is the problem with plastics? As someone who's exposed to a world where uh, plastics abound or are plenty, uh, and and I'm not talking about plastic people. Um, <laughs> so, what do you think? My main problem with plastics is that every time I go home to my hometown, mm-hmm. they're all over the sea. Oh my goodness! And it's ruining my emotions. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, um, it, it's kind of like difficult to be maybe emoting at the beach, watching the beautiful sunset, and yes. then suddenly you have when there's a diaper in the yeah. ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I I grew up I grew up being told to keep the plastics that we use uh, at the groceries. So uh, one of my grand aunts would actually like wash them with soap and water and fold them and keep them for future use, but. 
as you as, as you grow up you realize that you can't go on living like this just like uh, putting away or arranging plastics that you've actually used uh, it's all uh, it's always possible to get something like an eco bag for instance that you can use multiple times or simply just use your school backpack even when you go through the grocery and and and, and as it is the Philippines has become the world's Probably number five, if I'm not mistaken. Number or number three. Is it number three? Yeah. It's number, number three, three now. We're now the third worst or the third third in the list of, of worst plastic polluters in the whole world. world. And we're contributing that that much tons of plastic to our our oceans. Mm-hmm. So how, how does your research, uh, how does your research uh, help along this line? Help fix this problem. Actually, the main problem of plastics that we are commonly use is that we use it for a second and then we throw it right away, mm-hmm. and it degrades like thirteen generations. Just mm-hmm. be it to be like become microplastics, mm-hmm. and the microplastics is really bad for the environment, mm-hmm. especially to our fishes. Because um, if there is a larval fish, which is a baby fish, mm-hmm. it will accidentally eat that plastic mm-hmm. and one string thread of that plastic inside the gut of that fish is likely to kill that fish mm-hmm. and thus um, the likelihood of like having small fishes mm-hmm. which is fi- the fish industry is one of the biggest mm-hmm. um, what do you call that the one of the important sectors a livelihood in mm-hmm. our um, in in the Philippines will uh, decrease mm-hmm. so the f- fishery production will decrease mm-hmm. and then and also it will clog up our waterways mm-hmm. and uh, in Cebu just about 10 minutes of rain mm-hmm. we see like floods everywhere in Ayala Colon mm-hmm. or in Minglanilla have you seen any of that Des have you been uh, through wading through floods mm-hmm. lately Yes, in Cologne. Mm-hmm. It rains for like 15 minutes and then... And then everything's like so maybe an extension minutes. of the sea, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny if it weren't sad. Yeah. So, Densi, uh, just going back to um, microplastics getting mm-hmm. into yeah. our fishes, would it be theoretically possible, in fact, that uh, that perhaps some of us have been eating fish filled with microplastic? Yes, actually, there is a study in NOAA Mm-hmm. Um, National Oceanic Administration something something mm-hmm. in Honolulu mm-hmm. they have investigated that we have eaten plastic around 39,000 microplastics to fi- 50,000 every year mm. so we've been eating plastics nah, it's in inside our stomach but it's not the microplastics are not just present in the fish but it is also present in the beach sand and also in the wind Mm-hmm. And actually, in our drinking, in the wind, yes, in actually, I'm breathing microplastic. Yes, you're breathing. You're breathing nine thousand microplastic annually. Oh my, oh my goodness. Yes, and wow. your and our drinking water is filled with microplastics. Mm-hmm. That's a recent study. Right, and then I've I've um, one of our uh, alumni, alumni, Doctor Brian Albert Lim, who has worked at the Philippine General Hospital. In fact, has begun. Uh, hypothesizing that uh, there might be a relationship between the occurrence of microplastics in the environment and the heightened cases of mental health disorders. He still has to test out that hypothesis, but uh, mm-hmm. it uh, it seems like, uh, is it would, it, would it be something possible, Densi? 
Um, yes, because um, plastics releases toxic chemicals in our in our stomach. Mm-hmm. Then actually, it will decrease the immune system. Mm-hmm. But um, the research is not that um, many. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, not that yeah. established yet. So I, I guess I'll be following that yeah. uh, that that research as well to mm-hmm. to to just see and and find out uh, if there are, if there are any relationships between environmental microplastics and uh, and and our mental health. Because then if we do see any findings, then and 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 it's likely that there is a relationship. Then that will e- make it even more urgent that we go for alternative substances that don't leave things that don't mm-hmm. rot. Yeah. Uh, so Densi, uh, how how does this invention of yours or discovery of yours worked? I read uh, from Vice that um, you found a way to generate a substitute for microplastics from the byproducts of mangoes and uh, seaweeds. Yes. So tell us how this works. So um, first and foremost, plastic is really important nowadays because mm-hmm. people like convenience, mm-hmm. and plastic is part of our everyday lives but the effects of plastic is really really bad so we need to come up with solution that doesn't eliminate plastic but we should reverse the effect of the uh, of the bad side of plastics Mm -hmm. so we should degrade the plastic in a sense that it will not turn to microplastic but it dissolves completely all right so 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 in in the end uh, it will still be called plastic but substantially it's biodegradable it's biodegradable Mm -hmm. biodegradable in a sense that it doesn't release toxic chemicals Mm -hmm. if if it's eaten with um um, what you call that with fishes it's it's totally okay because it's made from bio-based material from mango and seaweed so when it disintegrates then the component will be from mangoes and seaweeds. All right. So, but uh, you're also saying, are you also saying, however, that uh, functionally speaking, it will, it can still, it's still as sturdy as plastics, for example, yes. for containing food. Yes, or it as mimics the mechanical strength of a conventional single-use plastics. Mm-hmm. But right now, we are in the phase of patenting and commercializing. Mm-hmm. But we need to, what do you call that? Um, increase the lifespan of these bioplastic. Okay, so how long does it last nowadays? I mean, for now. When you submerge it in water, it will dissolve like 15, 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. And then, but some producers uh, or the demand is we want to prolong this plastic. For example, like and you're carrying the, yeah, the, the, the yeah. plastic. So you need to, <laughs> you need to coat the bioplastic to a hydrophobic layer mm-hmm. so it will not um what you call that uh, dissolve, dissolve immediately yeah. yes mm-hmm. so i plan to create a bioplastic that can be dissolved like a week or two mm-hmm. just for the certain circumstances that we want we mm-hmm. don't want the plastic yeah, to be dissolved yeah for instance i mean if you want if you want this to mm-hmm. be the fabric for a raincoat uh, yeah. then you definitely need something to coat yes. it with uh, and shield it from um, d- dissolution in, mm-hmm. in fluids. So, uh, but what have you tested it on? Like, what have you used uh, to? Uh, what what ha- what have you put inside this plastic so far to test its strength? Um, it's an ongoing research. Okay. So I need to get the funds okay. <laughs> and do some research more. Mm-hmm. But what I did is I was actually showing that 
hey, we can actually create a plastic out of seaweeds mm-hmm. and mango peels, mm-hmm. which is very sustainable because Cebu is one of the leading exporter of mangoes, mm-hmm. but the mango we but we don't use the mango peels at all. Mm-hmm. We don't use the mango peels, mm-hmm. and it became an environmental issue again. The mango peels. Yeah. So I'm trying to maximize the the, the mangoes, mm-hmm. and and by that we can create a sturdy material mm-hmm. that could increase our what we call that. Um, it can create more jobs in the all future. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, that's it. And it will not turn into microplastics mm-hmm. where it. Um, it devours the human health and also the Well, the cell here has been hungry. She hasn't <laughs> had her meal yet, but uh, um, now hearing about microplastics, um, do, do you still have the appetite, Des? Um, I'm already breathing the microplastics. <laughs> yeah, sadly so. so. I might as well eat them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, do you think, Densi, that um, in the future, scientists can also develop something um, to... to remove the microplastics from the air? Mm. Uh, that's very difficult because some of our clothes are made from plastics. Mm, okay. Yes. So if you want to eliminate microplastic, then we should wait for uh, centuries <laughs> to, 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 to do it. Perhaps centuries. But in theory, uh, is it possible that the uh, uh, as long as lesson. we how, how how about let's say how about we 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 ensure that nothing we ever manufacture for our necessities mm-hmm. is made of plastics would that significantly eliminate uh, microplastics from there let's say let's say everything would be pure cotton for clothing mm-hmm. um i think yes but when you inhale cotton particles, there's still you're still inhaling the particles in the cotton. Ah, but okay. yeah, everything we are inhaling, <laughs> but the but microplastics. We'll we, we'll see if what is the effect of microplastics in our body. Oh. If it's negligible or really significant. If it's significant, then we should do something about it. All right. Well, uh, good luck to your uh, to your research. I hope you make stronger uh, biodegradable microplastics. I mean, or rather, a plastic substitute that don't leave microplastics into our environment. Uh, I think it's certainly a, a a good way of 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 substituting for the harmful plastics that we have now without eliminating the convenience mm-hmm. that uh, uh, is uh, for which. Plastics have become sort of a manufactured necessity for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been Jason with Tensibel uh, and with Des on World Without End. See you next week. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening.